0: 12 o'clock. I thought I'd go downstairs just to check the lock. When I heard something in the house, I don't mean a mouse. I swear they was spooks, 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 I know they were spooks, 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 spooks. I couldn't move, just stood and stare. I never was so scared. The voice spook spoke and I heard him speak. He said, what say? Go make the back door sweep we'll tease the cat and hound the pump and raise our spirits up oh lord of them spooks 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 those scary old spooks 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 now you don't have to take my word but i heard what i heard the next spook spoke he said suppose we make the fossil start to trip and make the shutters shake you let me know just what you want This is my favorite haunt. Beware of them spooks, spooks, spooks. them mischievous spooks, 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 spooks. I ain't spoofing. Man, I mean that I see what I see. A big spook spoke. He said, Spike, my son. He said, I'll show you how to scare up some fun. But next time when you're well, see here, you may get the loud and clip. Watch out for them spooks, spooks, spook! Or those nasty old spooks, 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 spooks. Maybe you don't think it's so, but I know what I know. The last spook turned to his spouse and frowned. Said, I thought I told you to wait in the ground. But you look awful cute tonight. In fact, you look afraid. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talking about yeah. spooks, spooks. Real genuine spooks, 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 spooks No, you stop putting up your dukes You just can't fight with them spooks I'm cutting out of here, man I don't think this job, no. Wait for us, wait for us,
1: wait for us, wait for us Okay, definitely
2: Yeah, definitely very excited to be speaking about the subject with you, and um, if there's anything, of course, that you wanted to talk about, you know, that you wanted to bring up, feel free to, like, feel free to kind of shoot from the hip and just, you know, stream of consciousness, Uh, yeah, you know, no censored, uncensored, uh, unfiltered type content, yeah.
1: All right, Um, um, hello, first... Cursing, is that okay? Yeah, that yeah.
2: Okay? totally uncensored, totally uncensored. Uh, nothing is, like, off-limits. Okay. Nothing is out of bounds. You just go kind on. of, go with the heart, ho- yeah, go how you feel, you know what I'm saying? Like, every organic response and everything, so yeah. Okay, so, um, let's just get with the introductions, and, and I'll kind of run through them so we get <laughs> on to the subject matter. So, namaste and shalom, everybody out there in Dreamland, this is Rumors of Instinct I'm hosting the Rumors of Instinct podcast, and it is my pleasure to be reaching out to you once again with a great episode and a great special guest. This time it's going to be Tara Ponder. Hi, everyone
1: out there.
2: No problem. Introduce yourself in your own words.
1: Yeah, it's me. It's um, Tara Ponder, a.k.a. Moonchild. Mm -hmm. I'm going by right now. I got a, I'm an actress, and, you know, an upcoming actress, you can, uh, check out my MDB film page, just, you know, type in my name, and I'll pop up, and, uh, yeah, so I've been around LA, you know, for some time, and I've seen some creepy, you know, questionable things.
2: Some creepy shit. (laughs) Cause yeah, I, sure. I really wanted to call this like a series Some kind of name like that Like creepy shit around the country Or you know unexplained shit in America USA you know uh, yeah. Something and it's, it's really You know to put it bluntly It's there are some mysterious Things that happen in LA Do you call yourself an LA native or an LA local
1: Um Native I, I wish I was a local but oh,
2: And by LA we mean Los Angeles not Louisiana Right. There's also some weird shit in Louisiana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's also some weird shit in Louisiana. Let's just separate those two. We're talking about West Coast, City of Angels, Los Angeles, not uh, Louisiana, down south, Delta Bayou. Yeah. Um, just so we can make that a little bit point clear. And um, L.A., of course, Hollywood. But Hollywood is not L.A.
3: No.
2: And it's so- a... No, we're not going to be looking at the glitz and glamour of the Glitterati or uh, the Beverly Hills or or whatever that area is called in the shadow of the Hollywood sign. We're going to be looking more at the seedy side, the the gutter of the downtown Los Angeles Skid Row area. I guess they've over-dramatized that because it doesn't look that bad to me, to be honest, even by other city standards. But specifically, the Cecil Hotel. Or the place on the main.
1: Stay on Main Hotel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The Stay On Main Hotel. I think that's what it is now. That's what it's named.
2: It used to be called the Figuerora Oh really? Uh yeah, if I if I'm recalling the Ghost Adventures episode that I watched on the Black Dahlia. Oh wow. You know, it know. was the same hotel, the same address, and I'm pretty sure even the same brick-and-mortar building, the same, you know, actual physical building that yeah. the Black Dahlia had stayed in all those years ago, something about 70, no, it would be almost 90 years. Yeah, uh, that's 90 a long time. That's yeah. a long
3: time.
2: Yeah, a little, I remember around 80 to 90 years, if I'm doing the mental math right, in uh, Los Angeles. And when she met her mysterious, unexplained, grisly fate, her Mm, demise, her doom. I like
1: how you fit that, yeah.
2: Thank you. Um, Mm -hmm. When when she met her demise, um, 90 years to the date, almost, or 80 years to the date, would be uh, our subject of our discussion tonight. The Elisa Lamb case. Oh,
1: man. Yeah, that case.
2: hmm The Elisa Lamb case. case. And case Flint's. Yep. Also at the Cecil Hotel. And exactly the same address which connected these two mysteries I think plays a huge part in both these mysteries. And that is um, the reason why these things, you know, were, ultimately are unexplained, is that they're deeply rooted into the occult. They're deeply rooted into the supernatural.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. And, um, the Elisa Lamb case is what we're going to be focusing on and talking about at length, uh, within the, within the show. Now... Yeah. Um, would you do the honors of kind of bringing everyone up to speed about the details of the case and... Um, you know, kind of taking it from here because I've done my little fair share of the talking. Yeah.
1: And, yeah.
2: yeah, feel free to kind of uh, summarize the incident and to kind of lay out the starting facts.
1: Okay, well, you know. uh, well, I heard, when I heard about the story, it just really like hit me really hard because it dealt with like mental health. And, um, so, uh, Lisa, Lisa Lamb, um, in 2013, uh, she's a student. She stayed at the Hotel Cecil, which is in L.A., and she checked into a room, and she reportedly, someone complained that she was making, like, noise, and they put her in another room and then like there's footage of her tripping out like talking to herself it looks like she's talking to someone else and like it looks really disturbing
2: and it looks very suspicious yeah it's sus as the kids say these days yeah it really is sus it's super unexplainable to the point that when people try to explain it away it becomes even more mysterious
1: yeah, well, yeah, it's what they, you know, they say it's her mental health, you know, mm-hmm. it is, oh. that they kind of, like, put it under
2: the, you know. Oh, no, I'm glad you bring that aspect up to it, because a lot of my points have that as the cover-up, as the reason yeah. why a lot of this gets kind of covered up and kind of, uh, you know, um, explained away. But it's such yeah, a, a, yeah. an unsatisfactory explanation for anyone who's ever suffered mental health crisis or yeah. known anyone with mental health issues, sure. like s- serious mental you're, health issues. Yours truly, man. Oh, of course. Uh, uh, myself, having uh, my own history of mental health, is also having a knowledge of it. The things they say she suffered from and the behavior recorded on the, this uh, security camera mm-hmm. are not. Congruent. They're not symptomatic of each other. They say that she had bipolar disorder and depression. And she's suffering um, either ecstatic delirium or some kind of hallucinatory uh, episode. I wanted
1: to know... Schizophrenia
2: would would be the case, but she was not schizophrenic.
1: I wanted to know if she was taking medication... And they, if she was, was she taking
2: she it, was. it? I've heard that she she was actually on some pretty powerful uh, medications, but at the same time, they were medications more for her depressive episodes. Because, um, okay, so yeah, let's not get too far ahead of us ourselves. But this is a good place to start. Who was Elisa Lam in as a person? right and i've done my research and apparently she was a normal person a normal yeah. west coast girl from vancouver british columbia her parents um owned a successful restaurant and um basically she grew up in in you know a very loving home where she was very close with her family by all accounts and right. she started to suffer the mental health episodes While in college, as many young people do. Yeah. Because from the age of 18 to the age of 22, when the four years of college age, you know, let's be real, the four years at college that they expect people to, you know, leave with a degree. That's coincidentally also the first days of your independence and also when puberty ends. So any emotional or hormonal residue or, or after effect, you know, uh... Is manifested as mental illness, quote unquote. Uh, in this case, it was punctuated with depression, uh, right. lethargy, and and um, a difficulty in um, socializing. And yeah. By all accounts, her depression led her to do poorly in school. She began to do
1: poorly in school
2: uh yes, because she she would tweet and she was very active on Tumblr now, a lot of people don't know this, but when anything happens to a specific individual when investigation really goes on citizen journalists, social media has been the go to and you know right. it's, it's it's strange her Tumblr account is very important to this story uh in two ways: one that we are allowed to see an insight in her life and her you know her emotions. And yeah. two, it kept posting after she was publicly declared dead. Publicly oh, found.
1: Seriously?
2: Yes. It kept posting pictures for ten months afterwards.
1: Okay, that's probably some
2: hacker, you know. There's some weird shit about her phone was reportedly discovered by police on a televised interview where the hmm. police representative said that they had recovered her phone and then publicly declared that her phone was lost. Days before she went missing. Even That's though true. her parents said that she was texting them the day of her disappearance. Wow. Yes. So, very, very suspicious activity on the L.A. la Police Department.
3: Yeah, and super um, nasty, too.
2: Yeah, and one of the weird things, I mean, I know it's kind of weird not to focus on the fact that the Tumblr was posting for months because they tried to explain that away with some kind of loophole inside Tumblr, some weird thing about Tumblr that it maybe that posts you know if you don't use i don't know some some excuse right, but the l a the police department um when they discovered that she had a history with mental illness or a diagnosis yeah. with mental illness um started to change the Their way they were h- investigating the case right and actually um started to do what people would call the cover up the a worse job at investigating like they started just covering and so when they began their investigation they had no idea that she had any mental illness issues and they began to earnestly investigate it as a murder as someone kidnapping her right in in, yeah. in LA you know okay. but then when they found out that she had the mental illness diagnosis they started treating it as a as a runaway as
3: yeah.
2: as just a an adult runaway as a missing person's case. Which was mistaken because they found her corpse at the hotel in the water tower.
1: So okay, so she she was mistaken for okay, a mis, a missing person before they found the
2: footage? Yeah, that's the, the was well, the footage they tried to keep secret. Well here's the strange thing, the footage they tried to keep secret, the footage was leaked. By the hotel itself oh and, wow in an attempt to try to get a, a rid of a rumor that she was killed and abducted by a serial killer.
1: Oh man
2: see this is how the the web has to be unwoven, but we'll go we'll go step step at a time and then don't forget these points, you know like you're the one who's gonna have to remind me of them and everything that we get them all. But yeah, the footage that became iconic, the world-famous millions of people have watched footage, you know, that that became a viral video in the truest sense of the word. um, Yeah. It's probably the most supernatural footage you can find.
3: It's
2: It's definitely... by far one of the most... And you're right, the most disturbing implications of of, of footage for missing persons of all time.
1: I mean, Um, yeah, just think about it, the last, you know... Well, I'm not
2: going to say it's the only footage of its kind. There are actually several videos showing people, one can say in states of psychosis, one can say in states of mental breakdown, where they would later be found missing or found deceased, but the fact that you see her interacting with something that's not there, yeah, acting stranger than just simply one can kind of write off
3: right
2: you know and in the fact that it's so wildly viewed and so wildly publicized um it becomes the elephant in the room that that there is something more to this story that cannot be explained away with the cover story by the cops dismissing it um yeah. and plus the icing on the cake that seemingly the matrix glitched out right
3: i was say that <laughs>
2: yeah at the after this fucking case, because not only did the plot mirror a major Hollywood film, mm-hmm. but the fact that the people discovered it in the water and they gave the people the lamb elisa test oh wow, you know like and and like the matrix it seems to be like it's like exactly there is something so weird about all of this
1: it is. Definitely,
2: and you know, and it's connected to the hotel. Yeah, it's connected to the hotel. It's connected Which to is, the elevator yeah. in the hotel, specifically yeah. the elevator, because, um, like, we'll get into elevators have a history in America as being kind of the portals between one dimension and another.
1: I can I can see that. I can understand that why it's that way.
2: This is something that's beyond creepy. This is something that's like real deep-dive paranormal stuff, but there are dozens of cases of very paranormal situations occurring in major urban areas involving elevators, especially elevators to really old hotels. Yeah. And um,
1: also, there's an elevator game
2: the elevator also, game especially is people think that's a type of youth generated nonsense it's actually a very old occult ritual in asia involving the elevators you know it was i think it originated in japan or south korea yeah that's what i'm saying like in, in big cities like tokyo moscow london paris you know mexico city toronto new york city chicago yeah. There are a lot of ghost stories involving elevators, especially really? in those big buildings. And when you think about it, where do people normally die? In hotels, in elevators, in, in apartment buildings,
1: Man. hospitals,
2: yeah. you know, things that have elevators. Elevators and, scare me. Exactly. No, the, there's a whole thing with elevators, like a whole genre of ghost stories are just weird shit involving elevators. Right, yeah, um, especially the details of the elevator game, which is if you press the numbers in a certain order,
1: you go to like
2: you go another, specifically like... to another dimension, <laughs> right it's like, it's, it's like you know uh, it's like a um you know, a ritual that opens up the the two worlds into one another, and it oftentimes ends with a okay, so a mysterious woman in most cases. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: there we go. Enter the ho- the elevator with you, and then it's up to you if we choose to interact or not. And I've always heard the case where if you don't interact, that's your only way of escaping, quote unquote. But if you did it on purpose, you would want to interact with them and thus be transported to another world.
1: Right. I heard about that. That one's really trippy, and I believe that.
2: Well, here's the trippiest thing about the elevator video, and yes, there is a lot of the behavior that we'll talk about, about her, you know, gesturing and her play, playing peekaboo, basically. Peekaboo, which which is what it looks like to me, <laughs> where she's running around and kind of looking, you know, like, really fast. Yeah, Although she was, she's interacting like, really like she, looked like, she was scared and,
1: like, yeah. playful.
2: And well, yeah. Well, <laughs> so... And not only was she Asian, and I know that, that might have some kind of connection, too, with the whole of the fact the elevator game had its origin in Japan, but okay. um, the fact that she had hit all the buttons in a specific right. order, but when she was communicating outside the elevator, the elevator's doors stayed open for over three minutes. Right, I saw
1: that video, too. That
2: was, yeah. And that's How like, would, you
1: know, what do you say to that?
2: You know, what and, is, you know? And people, super- yeah, try to to uh, ride that, uh, you know, write that off by saying, oh, it must have been jammed or it must have been kept open by an employee from the main lobby. What? And you're like, that's impossible. The elevator doors were kept open because there must have been a presence. Yeah. Oh yeah keeping them open, you know, and they, they even scoff and mock that a lot in the mainstream uh, media, or the mainstream YouTube community like, I just watched uh uh, Morbid, um oh, I forgot the title of it, it's the Mortician Lady, Morbid Mortician or something, I'll, I'll provide the links to these videos um, That Chapter um, a true crime true crime YouTube series called That Chapter and these are very uh, legit, you know, successful, and and personally, you know, I like them. I think they're entertaining, uh, true crime episodes. Both of them completely wrote off and dismissed the supernatural, the unexplained aspects of it. Yeah. yeah. In a very dismissive, like, yeah, if you believe in ghosts, then I guess you think ghosts did this. But in reality, all of this is explainable. Mm-hmm. You know, and they explained it off the mental illness aspect, which is total bullshit. Yeah. And they tried to explain it on the fact that just because we don't know why it happened doesn't mean something weird happened. Right. That the fact that weird shit happens all the time, don't make a big deal out of it type thing, like... That's not a satisfactory answer in my my opinion. I think that people deny the true strangeness of this case simply because it's so frightening that yeah. there was something there that we can couldn't see we can't see but she could see right she could communicate with she yeah. was probably being communicated you know by it like being communicated to by it yeah <laughs> it looked I, like she was having a conversation to be honest
1: I I, I want to kind of connect this with the mental health things I don't you know i I feel like cause I have family who's schizophrenic you know and and you know has a battle mental health um and what I personally think is those you know it's it's deeper than what you know science tries to say I think it's science, but I also think it's i think it's probably. You're, the person who's battling the mental health issues are able to see things more, like, deeper than the average person. So their reality is, like, much more, like, much more clear. They can see what we can't see that, you know, quote-unquote normal, regular people don't see, but people who are, like... You know, even experiencing psychedelics or even, you know, or battling mental illness or, you know, mental health. I think they can see things. And I think that Elisa Lam probably was, like, experiencing or maybe she was able to see.
2: No, there's, there's a huge misconception of mental illness in the population that does not consider itself mentally ill. Now, yeah. the idea of the psychiatric and psychological worlds as they have been established in the communities, the mm-hmm. standards that they operate in, they only diagnose the most extreme cases and they don't even know the actual biological reasons for the cases that are happening. They try to write it off like as genetic. She, or as she, genetic. Or, uh, um, like a neuropathy. Okay. Um, you know, like... <coughs> That if you don't produce enough serotonin, or you, or you don't regulate chemically or hormonally, that you must have one or two of the... Like the, the actual subject itself is very nuanced, to the point that, say, schizophrenia. Um, in this line of work, and in this kind of uh, field of investigation, not only am I accused of being schizophrenic, but also everyone that I use as a source or talk to it's also subject of being this schizophrenic, right? Like, if you believe in anyone who's communicated with aliens, extraterrestrials, they're schizophrenic. That's the first thing skeptics say. Yeah. They're schizophrenic. Yeah.
1: Oh.
2: Oh, they're man. Schizo. Back in,
1: yeah, the 1950s. Exactly. You know, if, if you were, if you were like, oh, I'm, I'm a little depressed. I'm a little tired, honey. I think I need a rest. No, you're, you're You're crazy.
2: No, but that's exactly the case. That that the same um, psychologist who would call, like, um, uh, you know, uh, women hysterical because they were dissatisfied with their lives. Yeah. You know, and, and accused them of being mentally ill. And the yeah. same institution that called homosexuals mentally ill in the 50s is
3: yes. now
2: calling people who believe in extraterrestrials mentally ill. Right, and the same people who believe in ghosts mentally ill. And were, we're to believe them. That's what I'm saying. They don't understand the biological reasons or actual network of what they're trying to diagnose. But they're accusing and Yeah. They use it to basically um, shut down anyone they disagree with in other regards. Right. Uh, for example, if you question things like um, any of their real mainstream like rules... They will call you mentally ill over time, because you simply do not agree with them. Wow! I know, right? How strange! Um, for example, a lot of the research and evidence I did in spirituality came from watching Ghost Adventures, and they did a okay. huge amount of documentation and like speaking to people as if though they were real people, like with respect and dignity. Wow. you know, like if you actually, do, you watch Ghost Adventures.
1: No, I've actually never heard of that show.
2: You have never heard of the 15 year running Zach Baggins epic show of ghost hunting called Ghost Adventures?
1: You know, I've seen the ghost hunting show. Maybe that's what it was called. I just probably never.
2: Do yourself a treat and a favor and check out Zach Baggins' Ghost Adventures. 15 years running. It started in 2004. Wow. That's
3: so it must really be a <laughs> Something like
2: show I'm check out. Yeah, it's, it's actually, I think, the best ghost hunting show because it's always treated people with respect. I know that sounds strange, and yes, it, it varies over the, the course of whoever they're talking to, but this man treats supernatural elements and the realities that he's confronted with, with seriousness, with a gravity, right? And yeah. That's the kind of person who I was always influenced by in talking about it, and he has a special recently about the Cecil Hotel.
3: Oh cool. Yes,
2: I I actually haven't seen it yet, but that's what inspired me to kind of speak about it about this episode. Oh. But he has many similar cases. And oh yeah? It, yeah, and it, like he does actually um, you know, speak about this one case in California where the the person was specifically it was a, it was a house for mentally ill people and drug addicts. Okay. But they make the connection that what people think is their mental illness is actually demon possession, oppression, spiritual oppression, hexes, curses, things like that. And that people in the mainstream society and world, scientific world, especially in California, will call someone who's being possessed by demons schizophrenic.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I believe.
2: Yeah, and that's why I said that's the whole kind of. What what you when you say you have family that are schizophrenic? there is a specific case where this guy is talking about this this guy who's demon possessed, and um, an expert on schizophrenics, you know, is 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 checking them out, and they go through an episode, and the person looks at the 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 person Zach Baggins is like, this person's not schizophrenic. My sister had schizophrenia all all her life. Um. This person is demon-possessed. Yeah. You know, like, they were kind of woke. They were kind of like... That expert was woke. It's, yeah. But you're right. If you see someone with mental illness, they, they don't do the things that Elisa Lam does. Right. Elisa yeah. Lam is said to... Okay, so, yes, who she is and how this relates to mental illness. Suffering from depression to drops out of college. Right? In yeah. three years of going to college... She had uh, completed one class, right? So, she, yeah. so she, this, she needed to drop out of college. She was not, you know, in a she good place. Right. She wasn't,
1: yeah, going to continue to fall,
2: so. Yeah, it was just stressing her out, right? She needed, she needed another, uh, another direction. She was supported <laughs> by her family. She, she had a close relationship with her sister. Yeah, she had difficulty socializing and, and motivating herself. But who doesn't, right? Millions of people don't. But yeah. here's the thing. She was from a wealthy family. Oh, a relatively very wealthy family. Not super rich. But they were able to afford a vacation for her. As, you know, from train and bus, but down the west coast to see the west coast. In fact, L.A. was not her final destination. She really? was actually, yeah, no, she was going to go to San Bernardino. Oh, whoa. Afterwards. Wow. She was just going up and down the west coast. Okay. You know, sightseeing. The, the, yeah. She was enjoying herself. Right. It was it was her chance to actually kind of feel st- like to de-stress and to kind of like, go out. Go. Yeah. And yeah. Yes, she was traveling alone. But you know. Yeah. She was. She had a a a travel plan. She wasn't wandering.
1: No. She, she wasn't, wasn't a
2: vagabond.
1: Yeah,
2: no, she was yeah. She's taken care of, and she just is like trying to yeah. And she was like on a so, tour, like she had another right. place to go, and then and she had since she had to go home type thing, you know, like she was expected back, right? You know, like she exactly, she wasn't there running away from her problems. She was there yeah. as a tourist to sightsee and see the see the city, see see LA. So it's and kind there, of odd for her to you
3: know.
2: She was actually sighted. The only person outside of hotel management and the people that she was coincidentally roomed with, which is suspicious. But when she was there, the hotel ha- had to, um, put her in a room with several strangers, basically. And you're right. Really? they had, They had complained about her acting a little weird. Yeah. And this fair. is... This is the, the kind of, uh, the day <laughs> of. Or, like, the day before. But... Oh, wow. Here's the thing. If... We don't know who these people are.
1: No. The hotel staff... I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I think... I have a good feeling that... Hotel staff... It? Hotel staff is, like, kind of sketch.
2: Yes. They're in on it. I think the guests were in on it in a large part, too. I think there was, like, this whole occult murder party vibe going on.
1: Yeah. There's a whole lot of, you know, ritual... Yeah, we don't know who these
2: guests are... And they they always make a big point to say that the former guests of the Hotel Cecil, right. the Cecil Hotel, the Figueroa, were previous murder victims, by and large, a lot of them. People who committed suicide in very public ways, including one person who jumped from a window and killed an innocent pedestrian when they landed on him. And what? <laughs> Richard Ramirez... <laughs> And several other serial killers. This is... These are the people who stay at this hotel. Yeah. So... They want to play it off like that's a coincidence. Oh, sure. Right. That's what I'm saying. They want to play it off like, oh, just serial killers just love staying at this hotel. I don't know. Maybe it's because it has good rates. And, like, free HBO. No. Oh, yeah. The guests of this hotel... (laughs) hear about it through their network of serial killer friends. What? Okay. They Um, have to be like, hey, if you want to kill someone, you know, hang out at the Cecil Hotel, like, hey, you know, like... And there's there's an American um, horror story (laughs) season. Oh, yeah. Where they have, like, a serial killer party? mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's based on the Cecil Hotel. It's called American Horror Story Hotel. And it's based on that that this specific hotel that's like a door to hell.
1: It's like I'm telling
2: you, that's like a, a hell mouth.
1: Basically, the American Horror Story hotel. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It is
2: It is absolutely the Amer the American Horror Story hotel is based off this hotel, and yeah. they kind of make this point of showing like a dead serial killer dinner party. Like, a big right. g- like game of, like, Clue, or, like, a reunion, and all these serial killers are dead, and their ghosts go to this hotel to, like, kill somebody again? And yeah. there's, like, Charles Manson, and there's, like, Amy Warnos, and, like, Ar- Ar- Arlene Warnos, and, like, John Gacy, and fucking Ted Bundy, and, like, uh... A whole John- lot of them. Yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer is in there. Like, all the serial killers, and, you know, like, all your famous, yeah. terrible fucking human beings of humanity. Uh, yeah. Little uh, vibrational
1: beings.
2: Yeah, are like drawn, invited to this hotel. Yeah. In downtown L.A. To kind oh, of yeah. live out their like fantasies one last t- or f- one day every year on Earth. On And and the staff in that show is in on it.
1: Yeah, I think I honestly feel like I I tried to I, I tried to like book a night there and I can't get a hold of anyone and I was actually you know looking in through the windows like the electricity is still on but there's I don't see anyone like no moving soul walking to that place <laughs> but there's what there's a story I was in LA just in a parking lot eating some tacos and I felt something was like I felt like something like looking at me from like a high point vantage point and I looked up and I was like oh wow I'm right by the Hotel Cecil and there's like a window there and I'm like you know what someone's probably looking at me right there cause it's a really big hotel you know it has, you know, it has a significant amount of room so you know that you know that there's like some energy in there you know Well, that's another thing
2: too is about how big it really is and the scale of it and people don't have the right mindset it's an absolutely epic old school hotel it's been around for like a hundred years like i said with that black dahlia murder and it was called the figueroa it used to be one of the best places in the city yeah yeah Right, and so this could have started with, like, wealthy elites. You know, like, this, this, exactly, people don't have a a good sense of the whole trajectory of this place, like, the lifespan of this place, and you're right, they closed it down, and um, I believe the Zach Bagans people are, like, the last people to um, uh, be allowed to kind of interview with, or kind of go and, and ghost hunt there. I think what? that afterwards they closed it down. They don't let any the public in there. But no doubt this this help This controversy helped shed so much light onto this hotel that it um, you know and it just it it, it could not stay open exactly because it had such a bad and weird fucking vibe to it. But yeah, yeah. Um, I believe the staff was in on it. I believe they know more than they're saying. I believe they helped cover it up by editing the the evidence, the footage and i believe they kind of scrubbed the scene and provided for like a lot of situations that made it possible and probably even like helped it happen the guests some of them were in on it the guests are very suspicious uh and exactly why were they staying there you could say they were tourists just like oh well the idea of them being in a youth hostel comes into play right Hostel, the movie with uh, Eli Roth, who made, I don't know if you've, have you seen Hostel? Do kids watch Hostel these days?
1: Um, I've seen, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Do kids
2: watch torture porn these days? Is Saw still popular? (laughs) When I was a kid, we used to just watch people get their fingers chopped off for like two hours. And that was the film. (laughs) Like, it was just that. (laughs) There was no plot. It was just kids getting their skin ripped off.
3: That's... Yeah, that's exactly.
2: the movie today. Welcome to 2007. <laughs> like, that was it. He like said there was no plot to, like, Saw 4.
1: <laughs>
2: You're like, oh. Try to escape. <laughs>
1: Use
2: the tools. Do this. They sewed the guy from Lincoln Park to a car seat.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's funny. Exactly. Like, that's Saw. My, my generation was just into torture porn. It was a very weird age for horror films. But, yes. Um... <laughs> the the idea behind like the youth hostel. Why were they trying to attract young people to this hotel if it's in such a bad neighborhood? If it has well, such a terrible reputation? Exactly. And I'm like, oh, serial killers used to stay here, and it's now it's like in Skid Row, and you know, uh, oh, yeah. let's get a bunch of young people <laughs> to come hang uh, out at this hotel. We'll make it a very like a, we'll advertise it as a youth hostel.
1: Oh, yeah, it's probably... It's a fucking horror yeah. movie. <laughs> That's
2: how horror yeah. movies have started. Right, it is.
1: This life is a horror
2: movie, yeah. No, exactly. This is how that weird the situation is. And then it becomes exactly like that horror movie, fucking Dark Water.
1: Yeah, I've, I've heard about that. Was that movie related?
2: Well, it was, to the Dark Water came out, I believe, in 2010, right? Okay. And I believe it was 2010 if I'm not getting my sticks wrong. And the film was about a a woman and her son living in a hotel in downtown LA. It's basically the Cecil Hotel. And a woman was murdered and put in the water shed. I don't know what they call it. Uh, it's, it's a water tower, it's a water shed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's got like the water, the hotel's water supply. I didn't even know buildings had their own unique water supplies. That's not a thing in Texas.
1: Maybe that's just old Hotel Cecil's yeah, thing. Yeah, it's just a weird yeah.
2: thing. That's a weird thing in itself, that there's this fucking water... Pla- like a room full of water or something, that like... It's got its own water supply, like it doesn't it's like connect to the city. Because they're ghosts that's what I'm saying that's a fucking weird thing to have happen and then everyone drinks the water and that's the point is that they start tasting the blood in the water and when they take showers and stuff like the ghost is there cause it's like yeah. you know it's her blood I'm and body started. matter and feces and fucking exactly like all that rot that humans really um try to forget about yeah and exactly that, that kind of like the truth in that murder like you can't hide the ugly truth type thing And everyone basically consumes this body, and like they did Elisa Lamb because she was only found when they drank that fucking putrid water.
1: I have to say something. Like, um, I think the hotel. Like when you said earlier, who are these guests? Like maybe
2: who are these people?
1: Maybe they are the staff. Maybe the staff is reporting that, and that's what I'm thinking.
2: Uh, the yeah, whole thing is weird. weird. I'm not saying everyone was in on it, but you saw how many rooms there were. Yeah, shitload of people living that that hotel at that time.
1: No, I think American Horror Stories' plot is exactly it. And I think that those the the guests never leave, and I think they're still there.
2: Mm-hmm. No, you're right. That, that say for example, before this happened, the Cecil Hotel was known to have ghost sightings of Richard Ramirez, um, of you know. Yeah. Um, Richard Ramirez actually was in American Horror Story the last season, the 1980s throwback. That, was, as, that was a pretty good one, yeah. He, but he was like the main guy.
1: I, You know, I, did, I was surprised that he ended up being the main guy. That's she what I'm a, saying, that,
2: that, that he's yeah. actually being kind of glorified in these satanic circles. Yeah. As like the greatest modern Satanist of all time, Richard Ramirez. And like I said, it's not like it's a questionable thing. He was uh, the main star in the fucking American Horror Season story. Yeah. Uh, American uh, Horror Story season that came out. You can't deny it. He's in. He's got like a lot of screen time. He does. That's what I'm saying. It's not like people don't think that they like him. And it's like... Um, anyway, point is... The <laughs> it is- was already a supernatural... Place it was already kind of fucking had a reputation. Yeah, you know, it yeah. had a bad reputation, and it's attracting these youth and everything. And I mean, who would work there? Who would and who would stay there? The
1: whole Lady Gaga storyline too, like.
2: Yeah, and, and exactly like it's you yeah. know someone something was very suspicious about the whole place before Elisa Lamb showed up, right? So you have this girl show up, she then gets singled out, her roommates file the complaint on her. Be, weird behavior Whatever the hell that means, right? I've yeah. never heard of a hotel Ever fucking singling anyone out Because a, a guest complained About them
1: Yeah, I mean Unless she was like, you know She's really battling some serious Like, mental issues
2: Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe we have it wrong Maybe these people were just weirded out The fact that she might have been talking to something or see, Or interacting with something yeah you couldn't see much the same way that we would watch her do that on the video. That's an right. angle. maybe the day she stepped foot in this building she was being interacted with and attacked by some kind of demonic force or spiritual force or a ghost or something what,
1: yeah low vibrational beings you know mm-hmm. they're gonna be they're gonna gravitate to like the a low vibrational area, so of course that that hotel has a whole yep. lot of that and i think her her being so you know sensitive at that time and vulnerable it was easy for the low vibrational negative energies to probably right. like interact with
2: her you're right in fact um she might have even already been possessed oh yeah you know possessed beforehand while in college or before in college maybe even from childhood And that this was able to finally like materialize or Yeah the
1: top and cherry, the cherry on top.
2: Yep. Or maybe they were all exactly maybe she was led there. The entire the entire uh, idea of her failing school and being in the state and then being like moved like a pawn in chess. Moved like a puppet by this demonic force by the exact that lower uh, vibrational entity. Yeah. Um, that's, see, that's, that's a way of thinking about it, that she was only in L.A. because this thing had basically manipulated her to be there.
1: She
2: wanted to visit L.A., right? Yep, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, exactly, and she was actually, so, the, the fact that she was acting strangely got her singled out to her own room. Um, now she has an issue with mental health and depression and isolation, and this might have, they say it was like a rejection that might have kicked an episode off. She was seen the last day of her life, or the day before the last day of her life, at a bookstore. She spoke to the manager. She seemed in high spirits. She seemed social and friendly. And she, in fact, purchased books to um, return home with as souvenirs from L.A. About downtown L.A. and everything. So, she was seen in public. She was seen... Um, in her last post, strangely enough, was talking about men, L.A. men. Um, there is some kind of, um, language about them being aggressive, and people thought maybe she picked up a stalker, or she picked up a, um, you know, a serial killer? Yeah, wow. By accident. At the same time, I don't think that's what the tone means. I think that she was more just saying that, you know that they were aggressively flirting with her or maybe catcalling her. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I I don't think that that somebody was then like, I'm going to follow her and kill her. Yeah, no. You know, I think that she was just kind of like playing the, the, uh, uh, playing kind of like the part as it were. Of of this kind of like tourist talking about the, the local men and everything, it, it, I think it's uh, kind of like it, that's got a red herring. Uh, yeah, that's more of a red herring. I don't think any person outside the Caesar Hotel did. But the point is, though, she was not speaking about suicide. Exactly. Yeah, the point <laughs> is, she was not speaking about suicide. She was not speaking about being depressed. She was not so she complaining about out, the guests. Normal
1: and everything before her death.
2: Yes, yeah, she was just playing the part uh, of a tourist. You know, like, happy-go-lucky, you know, yeah. I'm-I'm enjoying the trip type thing, like, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. There is no reason for her to be suicidal at this point, at least not from any way that we can see. She appears to be dressed, right? Like, as if though she's going out during the last of these videos. No. Mm-hmm. If that was the case that she was having a mental episode, if she had stopped taking her medications, for example, right, before... Yeah. And it's not... Okay, let's get real. You cannot take your medication... You can skip taking your medication for a day. Right. You can skip taking medication for a week. You would not have a serious episode unless you stopped taking it for months.
1: Right, yeah. There we go. That's why I asked about her medication, because, and, like, how often she has taken it, because if you take it, you know, back-to-back, you're gonna... If you stop taking it, it's gonna show. You're gonna
2: flip out. Yeah, you would not be dressed, for example. Um, yeah. There's a very public and and well-known case about a woman who disappeared after calling 911 and reporting intruders in her house when her roommates were there and they did not report intruders in her house, they they were the ones that she was calling the cops on, and she yeah. has this full-on mental, like, paranoid breakdown where she's telling the police that people are in her house and her <laughs> roommates are trying to argue that there is no one in her house. Oh. You know, it's, a very, it's very disturbing. Yeah. But then there's the security camera footage of her basically running away from her home but she doesn't have her shoes on, and she's in sweatpants, like, like loungewear, like, you know, housewear. It's like, okay. you know, if you see someone walking down the street in a bathrobe.
1: That's okay. It's like, it's kind of like eye, eyeball raising, you
2: know? Yeah, if you see someone walking around butt naked, that person's probably having a mental episode. Yeah, you know, like Martin Lawrence that's running a, down fucking uh rodeo Boulevard and everything, but naked. That guy's probably having a Mitchell episode. He did not decide to put on pants and shoes yeah, and socks. That's,
3: yeah, and comb his Eagle, hair
2: You know, like they Eagle, like. That's not there. There's signs Eagle people look for. Out. Right. Yeah. She looked like she was pre- she was ready to go outside like outdoors she did not look like she was having a a a inability to function or an impairment in fact it looks like <coughs> excuse me in fact it looks like whatever she was interacting with attacked her like like started to mess with her single her what? out she looks like she's reacting to things inside that video, in my opinion.
1: What I, what I can remember, um, I, I do just remember her body and her movements seemed like very strange and otherworldly.
2: Yeah, like um, she plays the peekaboo game. As yeah. As she's trying to convince herself something's not there. Or if she thinks, maybe, and this is my own impression maybe yeah that she is witnessing or being interacted with by a child mm. uh back to the ghost adventures uh, experience I have <coughs> many many demons and I, I say I, I quote Zach baggin's um big book of ghosts because I think he's like a he's basically the best living expert on ghosts and demons right now currently working. And Zach Baggins oftentimes records experiences and witness testimony about ghosts appearing as little girls. Really? Yes. And, and people hearing ghosts in hotels sounding like children playing, specifically in hallways.
1: Oh, man, that's... that's
2: <laughs> exactly, right? Kind of on yeah. the nose. If you think if you watch that footage and you think maybe she's hearing children or being interacted with by something that is presenting itself as a young girl or a boy, whatever you know, but the idea that yeah. the young girl has been seen many many times, um, specifically in the case of Sally's house in which a ghost was extremely well-documented in the 90s, uh, physically attacking and harassing a family and possessing a house. And uh, this ghost would represent itself as a little blonde girl named Sally. Man, I know, right? But it would scratch, it would uh, start fires, it would destroy property, it would, you know, be basically a very... um, Aggressive and hostile entity within this household, but when addressed or communicated with, interacted with, it would present itself as a little girl named Sally. Now that you know there's a little bit of lateral thinking, but it is precedent to say that in that in many cases, that demonic possession. And spiritual oppression from hostile entities, from lower vibrational entities, demons, yeah, manifest themselves as in the appearance of a little girl. I can't explain it. I don't know why. I'm not trying to say why. I'm just saying that that's a thing.
1: It's maybe they shapeshift to, based on how... You know, like
2: you know there's like different types like there's like the hat man there's the shadow man there's like the grinning man like you yeah. know tall ghosts are like creeping on all fours ghosts like they walk like a lizard um there are different types of ghosts that are kind of always seen in different locations okay. but they kind of always mean the same thing and it's bad news
1: you think all ghosts in
2: bad news. No, I think, uh, I think what we're talking about is actually more demons. Oh. They get lumped into ghost sightings. They get lumped into hauntings.
1: Right, yeah.
2: But they're, exa- there are good ghosts and bad ghosts. There are good witches and bad witches. There are good aliens and bad aliens. I think what we would know, right, they're not full demons. These aren't what I consider demons. These are what I consider to be, they're demonic because they're not truly ghosts. They're not ghosts of specific people, I don't think. Like, the little girl is not a ghost of a little girl. It's a type of really negative entity.
1: Right.
2: That is something that's... It's not a specific person. It's not like, oh, Mr. Johnson, you know, decided to shoot himself, and now he's a little girl ghost who haunts the hotel. (laughs) Like, that's not... Exactly. It's not specific to one person. It's like everyone's anger or fear or, like, hatred you know, gets collected and made into something. That something is, like, this little girl demon.
1: Yeah. And whatever, maybe, like, not the audience, but the person they're trying to, like, scare or spook would probably take to a little girl, maybe. And maybe some will take to a clown. Maybe some will take to...
2: Yeah, exactly. You know how people see clowns? Yeah. It's not a specific guy who was a clown. It's not like some guy who just happened to be a birthday clown when he died. Yeah. You know, like, it's not like people who just so happen right. to be so unlucky that they die in clown gear. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like you're seeing a man who used to live in your house, and he died of old age a hundred years ago, and you might see him occasionally, like, reading a book. Or like, right. smoking his pipe in the kitchen or something, and you're like oh, it's just weird as shit when you actually see, like, it's like you're crossing time, like you're seeing through time, you know? And he's Mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, like, when he sees you, he's like, what the fuck? You know, like... (laughs) It's it's weird. You often hear that where the ghost is as surprised to see the person. Or, like, they do something like they put their hand over their lips, like, shh, like, our secret, you know? Like... Yeah. Like, you, you know what I'm talking about. There are... Most ghost instances are actually either neutral where you're witnessing them... As if though you're looking through time, and they, like, walk down the hall, or, you know, they're just, like, standing there, hanging out, or when they do interact with you, it's benevolent. Like, they actually do kind of, like, just want to kind of hang out.
1: Yeah, I've had, definitely, some sightings. I had the tall legs pass by, you know, and go into the darkness, and I, I've I've had my, my share of sightings, and yeah, sometimes they just like pass right by. Exactly. Sometimes.
2: I have I have some sightings too in my my experience, and most of them are in that category of they're just walking by.
3: Yeah.
2: Like they don't seem to 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 pay any attention to what's around them, and that's why you know they're ghosts is because they'll walk into things like walls or vehicles or turn the corner and they're instantly gone. Right, right, yep, exactly. Yeah, it's it's always a the image of the same like white-haired old woman, and it's very surreal. Like outside a lot, like where we keep our trash cans.
3: The ghost
2: sightings? Yeah, in, in, in my particular cases. It's outside in the driveway. I know it sounds... It's it's always weird to explain because everyone thinks ghost hauntings happen inside in the dark. and It usually happens during the day. Oh, wow. <laughs> exactly, outside. And, and you, like you see it at the corner of your eye or you see it when, like, you're looking kind of away from that area. You'll see this, like, woman walk by, kind of. And it's... It's just that. <laughs> it's just that mundane. You see this, like, woman walk by... Kind of quickly, and by the time you focus on it, it's gone. Man.
1: Yeah. I've, yeah. I've had sightings like that.
2: Tell me about your sightings.
1: Kind of like, it kind of made me jump back a little bit, because the, the legs are so tall. Um,
2: See, that's I called the like, tall man.
1: Yeah, but there is, like, no hands or anything, or upper limbs. So you no, know, the ghosts like are the sometimes
2: reported to be like twenty to thirty feet tall when people actually see their bodies. Oh wow. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's considered like the tall man, like the siren head, the the slender man.
1: Yeah. Like oh wow.
2: Yeah, like a really tall, like ten, twenty foot tall person. There's this yeah,
1: there's this one ghost I was looking up I was looking up the ghost that I saw. And it was something about like how on their it's like a different ent- entity from another planet. They have like tall lands. They they had, they need like tall legs to get through their land.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the weird so, weird stuff like that. Um, um, some people think giants lived. Some people think there is an ancient race of giants. Yeah. Because technically, anything that happened before you know, can be seen as a ghost sighting. Like, you could see the ghost of a caveman, technically. You could see the ghost of, like, a knight. You know, like, you could see a ghost from a hundred years ago, you can see a ghost from a thousand years ago, you can see a ghost from a hundred thousand years ago.
3: Yeah, you can.
2: That's what I was saying. Technically, it could have been an ancient race of giants.
3: Right.
2: That used to live in this country, used to live in this land. Uh, for example, another Ghost Adventures episode that had a really good you know, thorough documentation on things and provided a lot of insight was the Goatman from the, bri- the Vinton Bridge. And there's a legend in Texas that there's a bridge uh, basically by Dallas. And um, this, this bridge has a rumored ghost of a Goatman. Like the spiritual yep. demonic entity that we know as the Goat Man that possesses uh, this bridge, and it's very popular among Satanists, and it's you know very popular amongst occultic circles. But when someone was actually talking about what it felt like to kind of like communicate or interact with this entity, like like psychically, uh, they pictured that this entity was like twenty feet tall.
3: Oh wow!
2: And that okay. it was like looking down on them as if though it, they were invading like his space but he couldn't grab them, but he wanted to grab them and, like, you know, just throw them. Like, just pick them up and throw them. But that he couldn't because, you know, he was a ghost. And so he was extremely angry and filled with hate, but that was, like, where he was stuck.
1: Oh, man. That is interesting.
2: So this ancient race of giant theory (laughs) has a little bit of traction.
1: That reminds me of, like, the Cabin in the Woods movie. That?
2: I don't know. Uh, well, because oh at that the giant end. at the end of it, yep. Yeah, the big yeah. hand. Yep.
1: I think um movies and I think that they some of the movies today like kinda
2: have you know little signs and oh, little hints. Totally. Total disclosure. That's actually one of the subjects that I like talking about the most is that there's a lot of disclosure and occult uh realities within these movies movies are like spells and um, you know there's a responsibility that our society has to kind of educate itself and we choose to do so in movies you can find more truth in movies if you know what to look for than you can anywhere else
1: right yeah definitely like it's a way for it's a way that for the collective to kind of
2: well, okay, ghost movies. Ghosts as a subject, right? Uh, yeah. Exactly. Like, it, you haven't seen ghost adventures, and it's been on for fifteen years. But how many ghost movies have you seen in the last fifteen years? A lot. Oh, man. Right?
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: That's what I'm saying. They they have a they have a greater reach than anything else, and so there's a response. There's the that's the reason why they're used to contain the true knowledge, is because you know, they're just so uh, universal. You know, films, they're extremely important to society. Right. Never underestimate films. Exactly, never underestimate films. Then the fact that ghost movies like uh, The Warrens, you know... What did you say? The Warrens? Yeah, The Warrens. You know, the... Have you seen Insidious?
1: I've seen that, but...
2: Or like The Nun or uh, Abigail?
1: Yeah. I've seen
2: those exactly like those those people they really did work with with the field of ghost research and things like that, and now they're in movies, you know like that that message their their message
1: right
2: you know is, you know, is now in those Hollywood movies, yeah
1: and same thing with um I don't know if you've seen hereditary that's one of the last movies. What last ghost movies I've
2: seen. I have seen it, yes. And the idea of tying um generational occult practices and witchcraft and uh rituals and the idea of demons and um uh what's we call it, um summoning. Yeah. That maybe. I think is really a cool message. Yeah. That
1: movie was really Pretty
2: nice. I, Pretty thought was, yeah, I thought it was... I thought it was... Alright. Alright. I'm kind of a harder critic on films. Uh,
3: but you're okay. right.
2: It, it did have a lot of good things about it. Yeah. Especially the stuff... The subject matter. Like the walnuts. The fact that... Or the pecans. Was it walnuts or pecans? I think it was walnuts. I think it was... Yeah,
1: walnuts.
2: Yeah, or the decapitation parts you know or the fact that the the generational thing and the the woman was making the little doll houses
1: yeah that was pretty cool
2: yeah exactly the the idea of them having children specifically only to you know serve in these rituals yeah that that is like that's a big part of the Elisa Lam thing too is that yeah. i think because of the after effects the matrix breaking down basically around this incident proves that she was a blood sacrifice in some kind of occult ritual. Oh, she absolutely. was in some kind of demon summoning sacrifice shit. Yeah,
3: well, yeah, definitely.
2: Well, okay, I mean,
3: so why not? I mean,
2: well, okay, so we we talked about the dark water part, right? Where yeah. the 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 people in the hotel, and I think that's basically the movie, is that these people, they suffer the haunting, they suffer the the weird, creepy, human rotting body water um, thing for a while, and they discover the woman, and then they bring justice to her by proving that she existed, and that she was murdered, and that they find her, and that's the thing, like, that starts the investigation, and that's how the movie ends, is like, well, thank God we found her, right? Like, she was missing... And yeah. found her and he brought peace to her body.
1: You're you're talking about the Dark Water movie. Yeah, right? the
2: Dark Water. Yeah. Now if, Which I they, never
1: seen.
2: if the movie had it, I don't know how it's so close to what happened. It's so dead on by what happened. You know, like it is exactly what happened in real life. Three years I, later. How the fuck yeah. does how do you tell the future unless you <laughs> unless it was gonna happen, like you knew it was gonna happen.
1: It was a glitch in the
2: system. It a could glitch. have been. It could have been a gl- like we like okay. So they call it like a topa. Like we if you think about something so hard, it will happen in real life.
3: Yeah.
2: Type huh. thing where that, that that people watch this film and and it thus it had to have like art imitating life or life imitating art. Yeah. You know, like, it, what, are movies a type of ritual where the things that are in the movies become reality and we're seeing, we saw it happen?
1: I mean, if you can think it, then, it, you know, then
2: it, there it is, you know? Exactly. You, like, to, you know, think it. Is she kind of like, uh, his, like, whoever wrote this movie's imagination come to reality? Are, are the people who wrote the movie, were they aware of some kind of satanic ritual that was going to occur? were they aware of this ritual that had been occurring? Maybe this isn't the first time this has happened.
1: You know, maybe it's a 50-50 chance. But I know I've had some weird, clairvoyant, um, you know, coincidental things happen to me and it's like, oh, did I predict the future? No. It just, you know, it just happened. It's just like, I guess,
2: I refuse to believe that is just a coincidence or I refuse to believe that it. it's just you know, hey man that's the that's the world, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. because that's like saying, I wrote a uh, poem or something, right? And yeah. I, I don't show anyone this poem and then three years go by and then it's like the number one song in the world. Yeah. Like it, it, the, the song it, it's some song that goes viral, and I'm like, "Hey, I wrote that, and I have it like signed and dated in my journal, like my sketchbooks, and I mm-hmm. pull it out and I look for it, and it's word for word. You know what the odds would be? What? I'm mean, I'm just saying. You know, you know, astronom- astronomical. The odds would be that something like a movie would be written.
1: I mean, where yeah. the plot
2: would play out in real life like humans Some... had to drink water that a woman had rotted in in a hotel where she was mysteriously murdered and you're like that's what I'm saying it, like yeah it wasn't like they named the people and it, the names were the, the same it wasn't like the perspective was the same but like a fictional movie that preceded an event accurately explained the events to happen Um, to a real-life person. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like I don't want to live in a reality where that's possible. (laughs) I don't want to live in a reality where someone's going to be stuck on an island full of dinosaurs. Yeah. And and just, you know, exactly. like, Like, movies don't tell the future that way. Like... Um, There's
3: something
2: to that. Unless they were telling us something in that film. Unless someone who knew it was going to happen, who knew the truth, right? So either you have a, like a kind of a whistleblower event where the person was like, hey, um, yeah, I'm aware of the fact that people are being murdered and put like in in hotel watersheds. Yeah. And they wrote this movie, and then it happened again, and they were like... Okay, cool. Or someone saw this film and decided to copycat.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a movie out right now, COVID-23. Yep. And it's like, what? The trailer is so crazy because it's like, did they start filming this when, like, you know, during, you know, 2020 or...
2: Mm-hmm. Crazy. Well, but I like, don't know. It's called, like, predictive programming and everything. So maybe... Someone watched the film and then decided to kill her and and basically reproduce the film. That that's that's the possibilities that we're open with is that someone copycat murdered Elisa Lam, and and then did the body hid the body in such a way as to reproduce these these specific events in this film plot. Um, that the film plot was written because someone was aware that people did this and some and some for some fucking reason people did this right
3: yeah
2: or that art Im- or life imitates art and because this was made ritualistically kind of manifested this situation into being all three of those possibilities are fucking crazy
1: yeah like that, that's
2: those are nuts
1: just the whole story is bizarre it's
2: bizarre no the whole thing is 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 one of those things where you're like this is this should be considered the most mind-blowing mystery that happened in the last ten years.
1: Yeah. No one really sees No
2: one talks about it. No uh, one talks about it. Well, it blew up. It it got worldwide famous and blew up. And there are, like, hundreds of YouTube videos on it. Maybe even thousands. Um, yeah. No, I'm saying, like, it's been talked about to death. But the thing is, people try to, in the majority of cases disprove the mystery. They try to solve it and write it away and not one person has been able to adequately just admit that this is the most fucking mysterious thing you know, that you could possibly think of. It's a mystery of the First Order. Um, another thing is, this shares a lot of similarities with a thing called Missing 411. Okay. Missing 411 is a, is a kind of book... Series, it's like a franchise, like a brand um, that this one guy, Dave Pilates, has made, in which it's about mysterious disappearances of individuals. It started in national parks, but there are additions and volumes uh, involving cities, right? And uh, like urban disappearances. And it also okay. involves a, myste- a mystery, a conspiracy theorist, a theory. That's called the Smiley Face Killers. Oh, man. It sounds like a movie. Yeah, no, it's very very dramatic. The whole case is... Uh, Basically, the Smiley Face Killers, in a nutshell, is a mysterious theory, or a theory speculated by a couple of homicide detectives regarding um, a string of young men across the country but specific to the East Coast and, like, the Great Lakes area where these young college-age men are, they go out drinking, they go out with their friends, but okay. then they disappear and are found later in bodies of water um, showing signs of torture and being killed But and usually next to smiley face graffiti. Oh. Now, this is kind of a tenuous link because there are dozens of cases in dozens of places. But these homicide detectives suggest that it's a. It's, a, it's some secret society of killers. Or it's one very, very active killer.
3: Yeah. But, most definitely.
2: Yeah, and the similarities that I'm seeing are this happened in a city, but it happened to a person who seemingly vanished with no prior cause. It happened to a person who was seen acting very bizarrely. And, it, and remember that when the case started, it was a missing persons case, and they discovered her body like they do many of these men. Um, nude. And in a body of water. Now, I know you think the watershed doesn't count, yeah. But if it's a supernatural element to these things, if it is something that's beyond the the pale, beyond our imagining, it could be as if though she teleported into this body of water, or was placed in this body of water ritualistically.
1: Yeah, or something like.
2: Yeah, like, so the fact that she was found in this body of water. So, okay, yeah. So we're <laughs> let's go back to. Um, the, the, the baseline, what we're talking about. So this Elisa Lam character seen interacting with this seemingly unseen entity, or force, or presence. People think that there might be a human being down the hall. Like you said, a staff member, another guest, uh, you know, potential killer. Yeah. Uh, but he's savvy enough to stay out of camera range. He's savvy enough to not be filmed, right? It's, it, it's a ghost. Yeah, in, in that he's able to do things like keep the elevator doors from closing for three minutes. Right. Um, he's, he's able to do things like not ever be seen in any single frame of the camera, even though it's like 10 to 15 minutes of footage, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. He, He's able to do things like no, not leave any fingerprints or DNA or be seen exiting or or um, abducting. Let's just say it straight up, abducting Elisa Lamb. He doesn't, like, run up to her and grab her or, like, hit her in the head or, you know, like, throw her in a big bag. Like, how she got to the roof is a mystery. No one has yeah. any footage of this. No one has any explanation for how she was able to basically get access to the roof. Now, people have said that it's easy. There are videos online of of people just accessing the roof, just walking up, opening the door. This happened afterwards, though. Now, people would say they would put the alarms on there, but after a police investigation and everything, uh, you know, I think that they had dismantled the alarm, so it's easier now, or it was easier for a period of time to actually access the roof than it was um i believe that the staff is not lying about that that there was an alarm on the roof so either the staff was complicit and either um either allowed someone to access the roof or just ignored the alarm um you know or the alarm was dismantled by whoever did this you know, yeah. if Elisa did it herself. She was able to access the roof without setting off any alarms. Um, you know, so regardless, point is, she got there stealthily. No one knows how she got there or when she got there exactly.
1: Yeah, sometimes, you know, when you want something, I don't know, sometimes human beings
2: well, people said power. That she, yeah, people said that she went up a fire escape, like she kind of scaled and shimmied up there. But then people have also said, and I have seen videos of people assessing the roof simply by just walking up the main flight of stairs. Now, of course, they had said that by the rules it should have been locked. But you're right, if the staff had just been negligent or had allowed it to happen, they would have unlocked it. They would have, you know, made it so that it wouldn't have been hard. But the point is, if she was abducted by force, someone would have had to drag her all the way up there, you know, haul her all the way up there. Um, well,
1: that's that's why I was thinking like The Shining. Yeah, because you know he was possessed, and I think she was probably possessed.
2: Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. If she walked up there herself, she must have really just been sightseeing. You know, like what compelled her to go up there? And stranger yeah. still, she was not just simply found on the roof. She didn't jump off the roof. If she was suicidal. Yeah. You know, she didn't like... Exactly, if she was suicidal, why didn't she jump off the roof? If she was regular demon-possessed, why wouldn't it just throw her off the roof? You know,
3: right.
2: Um, right. But she was found in a, a watershed that you had to open a door to, or first climb a ladder to get onto, then open a door, then get into. She was found okay. nude... But there was no there was no suggestion that her clothes were found on site. Like, it wasn't like, oh, and then there was a pile of her clothes, you know, where she took off her clothing. So was she nude before she got to the roof? Did someone take her clothes afterwards? Like, found them and just took them?
1: Those are some strange events. <laughs> okay. yeah, the, the,
2: yeah, exactly. Like, so basically she was found nude, and the coroner said that she died of accidental drowning. Now that suggests that she was still alive when she was placed or had crawled into the water tower, right, by her own by her own power. Like I said, if she was choosing this as a form of suicide, it's kind of a strange, um, atypical version of suicide. You know, out of the blue, out of nowhere. If she was killed this way, that's also a strange way of killing someone. Very yeah. strange, you know? Like, it wasn't impulsive where they just attacked her in a hallway. It wasn't like they, they you know, kept her, if they, if they disposed of her body, you know, it wasn't like they found her, you know, um, in a barrel or anything like that. They found her in the water tower. That's the water supply for the hotel, like. Yeah. You know, like, uh. It was,
1: that's, yeah. If it was a
2: killer, yeah, if it was a killer, this isn't, like, where you would make it, like, it's a very visible spot, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's... Yeah, you're
1: not gonna try to hide it. Yeah. yeah.
2: You're guaranteeing that someone's gonna fucking find this body. Like, you are guaranteeing that in in doing... There's no forethought. This is a symbolic act. This was a ritual act. Where people put down bodies is very important in, um... Ritualistic crime. Yeah. Well, I used to kind of dabble in the true crime. I used to be in the homicide. I liked serial killers. I liked ritualistic killers, occult killers. The placement of bodies is basically one of the ways they solve crimes. Because people are very particular about what they do with the corpses. Obviously, if you're a killer, corpses are a big deal to you. Typically, yeah. you're only killing because you want to have access to a corpse I know it sounds strange, yeah, like that's what I'm saying like Jeffrey Dahmer would position his victims in like sexual poses and like strange sexual poses like like craning backwards in a semicircle that's creative. Well, uh, exactly. Like, you know, like it takes time and effort. Like, what or where they put them is very important. Like, they'll put them in specific places. Like, uh, Edmund Kumper uh, buried the heads of his victims outside his mother's window. That's different. That's I don't know.
1: That was his preference. So I don't know why that, we, you
2: know. That's what I'm saying. You know, I'm saying like if you're gonna go through the effort of being a crazy killer. Like, this is a big part of it, is what you're going to do with the body, right? Yeah. Like, that's a—that's actually, a, like, how you know you're dealing with someone who is not your regular person, is that right. there's obviously, like, a morbid and macabre, you know, importance placed on this shit. <laughs> like, this is important to this fucking crazy person.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. You know?
2: Yeah, you know, so I'm saying? So symbolically or spiritually, just like the Smiley Face Killer. That's why the detectives in the Smiley Face Killer think it's, it's either one person or a bunch of people working together to do one kind of thing. And they do think it's mostly a cult to nature. Um, they also have this idea that it's like a Native American revenge plot. But that's neither like here nor there. Um, but the idea, though, is that it, there is a conspiracy in some way that they're keeping the motive silent because they're trying to play it off like this was completely a natural place to find a body. And right. nothing further can be put from the truth. So, no. like, yeah. We're led to believe that this woman who suffered from a slight uh, stroke of depression um, and had never really shown any self harm or tendencies to self harm committed suicide by voluntarily trapping herself and then succumbing to drowning, accidental drowning, in a water tower on a top of a hotel.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely an odd story, and it doesn't seem like Mm -hmm. anything adds
2: up. Now, this story was created by the L.A. uh, coroner's office, and it was created by the L.A. detectives working on the scene. When they began to investigate the scene, they they treated it as a kidnapping homicide or a potential kidnapping homicide. Um, When they heard that she had mental illness issues, they immediately changed their story and approach and treated it as a missing persons case. Um, They had declared that they had recovered her phone uh, from her room and her belongings, right? Then they switched up their story and said that she did not have her phone, in fact, had admitted to losing her phone before this case. Very suspicious. Was she texting oh someone? Was someone texting her? What appreciate. The, yeah, what did the... Maybe she had a... I think she had a photo on the phone.
1: Yeah, she probably did. She probably had some, like... Ghost photos. Yeah. Footage, some kind of evidence.
2: Exactly. I think she was She it was doing happen. that. Like, she was doing that type of uh, vlogging... Mhm. Um this is 2013. This is not 30 years ago. This is 2013. Um I had already gotten my first divorce by 2013. So while still young, I I kind of re- distinctly remember that year. You know, like that year is burned into my brain.
1: Oh, and, really? And
2: vlogging was a thing. Yeah. Idea mean, was a blur
1: for
2: me. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying like it's not like shocking that that world was not much different than the world we live in today. Women right. and yeah. men would vlog <laughs> about their experiences. Like, yo, what's up? This is me. I saw a ghost today. That that's thinkable. Like you can think that that would be the thing that's yeah. on that camera. Probably. You know, like exactly. They we're talking about an age of smartphones. Smartphones would have already been a thing.
3: Yeah, she was yeah. active
2: on social media. She was not someone who would be like, oh, I don't know what filming a ghost is. Ghost Adventures had been on for eight years, for example. Um, I'm saying, like, there's, there's many reasons to believe that this modern woman who was college age had recorded some crazy shit on her phone if crazy shit was happening. you know, definitely, yeah. I definitely feel
1: like that's definitely odd. i I feel like there's some definite dark energy mm-hmm. around her and it could possibly be that she had really went the, you know run off the deep end And
2: no really I don't think it was an episode <laughs> at all I think if anything there are two reasons there are two main arguments one uh, the supernatural was involved in some way or maybe were involved in some way, right? Now, the yeah. world of men, technology and stuff, the, the idea of it not being supernatural, so you got your serial killers, you got your cultists, who are doing things for supernatural reasons, but it's just people, right? And, and you're right, there's no real reason to say anything is proven that's definitive or definitively uh, supernatural, uh, but, there's know. a YouTube channel called Lord and Arts. Uh, yeah. Lord and Arts is a investigator, a private like true crime homicide investigator and missing persons investigator, and he took a huge interest in the Elisa Lamb case and actually went to LA and uh went to the courthouse during um some hearings and like went to the hotel, like you know, climbed the steps, uh went on the yeah. roof. You know, checked out the room that she was staying in and everything. Um, you know, to get the first-hand knowledge of it. Yeah. He shows in one of his videos. Um, I can't remember which one in the series, but he shows that next door to the Cecil Hotel is a office for a laboratory that researches invisibility.
1: Oh, crazy! Wow.
2: Yes. Have you seen the new Invisible Man movie that came out in, I want to say, 2020?
1: Yes, I... Yeah, that one was...
2: The yeah, woman's husband was a guy who invented invisibility suits?
1: It's so crazy that you're bringing this up because uh, I was thinking about saying this technology that I was hearing that was that was actually already out Mm-hmm. I think that, that that technology is already doesn't it exist
2: already? I think. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's that film, The Invisible Man, was made in 2020, and it's all about it, nothing supernatural. There's nothing paranormal about it, or yeah. it's just science fiction. Where yes, technology does exist to make a suit that can appear invisible. Yes, that in this film, The Invisible Man, a woman is harassed. And attacked by a man wearing one of these suits, and it appears that she is inter- going crazy. Like okay. The, the whole thing is done to kind of make her appear insane. Like, or, like she's yeah, like she's going crazy. Yeah.
1: yeah
2: like yeah, you know, like she's, like the people are like you're going crazy. There's no one in your house, and she's like, there's someone in my house. I just can't see him. And then it turns out because the guy's got an invisible suit on, right So it's like yes, that sounds crazy and supernatural, but in reality it's all very re- it's all very real. It's a real possibility, right It's a real thing, not like a ghosts are not involved, aliens are not involved. Cool. And so what a coincidence that this event would have happened where Elisa Lamb is interacting with an unseen force. While next door, they researched the technology necessary to create invisibility.
1: Testing their tech on a resident, maybe.
2: Maybe one of their uh, researchers had an Asian fetish or something. And at the same time, though, why aren't the streets littered with corpses? Yeah, we're I mean, this man, this killer, who has access to an invisibility suit, I guess apparently for joyrides, um, you know,
3: yeah.
2: Would, w- w- we're entertaining the idea, though, that this man, this hypothetical researcher in this real company that was really next door to the Cecil Hotel, um, which develops this real technology for the real application of making invisible man suits... Um, killed, like murdered, uh, possibly sexually violated, and, uh, was motivated to do so, then disposed of the body in a ritualistic fashion to kind of mimic the Dark Water film series, or film ghost film that, that apparently was the inspiration for this crime. And, um, uh, you know, in doing so, um, successfully did so and got away with it. You know, he successfully did so and got away with it. But, like, that's one possibility. Like, that's absolutely one logical possibility.
1: It definitely is. And, you know, know, we
2: can't... But it's it's not any less weird.
1: Yeah. I don't think you can get normal... Kinda of, under, you know, understand
2: this. You know, it's beyond normalcy. Yeah, it, this is this is not a normal thing. Normal, this is not normal. This is the Matrix. This is a yeah. glitch in the Matrix.
1: It, it is a glitch in the Matrix. Exactly what I was going to say because mm-hmm. you know it doesn't it doesn't add up, and it's just it's really super questionable, and it's like over our heads. Like we won't even really understand it, but we know like something's going on. Like
2: mm-hmm.
1: this looks weird
2: because the other the other. The other situation is that there were supernatural realities at play here. And what we saw was a woman interacting with the spiritual or inter- extra-dimensional, um, you know, the, 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 the paranormal, the supernatural. And that force was responsible for her demise... And then, I guess you call it, both would be... Eventually, this is where we end up. The reality is, we as people pick up the pieces afterwards and have to kind of make sense of it. Because all this happened outside of our control. No one could stop it, and no one was really even expecting it, right? Like, the staff wasn't expecting it. No one knew where she was. The cops didn't know. The family didn't know. Exactly, it... They plucked her out of reality. Grabbed her out of reality. And somehow led to her doom. And and this is the point, like, we kind of want to make serious, that Lisa Lam was a real human being. She was a real person. Right. Unless she was sent here as a specific sacrifice by whatever means controls the universe. Whatever means controls this matrix. And you maybe know, this is a third option—is that we're not thinking—is that this was all a simulation? Like,
1: maybe
2: yeah, you know, maybe AI broke down. Well,
1: so glitching the system because, you know, it's it's. And you said there's something named after her. Yeah. Before.
2: Okay. So here are the here's the weird details. Not only are the details about the dark water movie. Good that you brought up that that test. Okay, so okay. the matrix continues to break and glitch down as the case goes on. When the L.A. public is made, or the L.A. Uh, health group, whatever they call, are called, you know, the CDC or whatever. Uh, yeah. When they are notified that people have drinking contaminated water or, or polluted water, they go down to the site and administer a test, a tuberculosis test called the Elisa Lam, or the Lam Elisa test.
1: Yeah, it's like kind of backwards. They flipped it, huh? Flipped the
2: yep. name. And we all know that in occult and ritualistic circles, names have a lot of power. And saying a name backwards has a lot of symbolic and supernatural um, implications. Like it's used in spellcraft. It's using curses. Uh, it's called backmasking, I think. Wow. Well, yeah, I
1: heard about that. Uh, yeah, that was, uh... Definitely thinking that that was part of what happened. Had a lot to do with what happened to her.
2: Yeah, like, um... It's... It's not a coincidence. And the people say yes, it's a coincidence, and they explain it away. But the the explanation is even weirder, and I'm thinking specifically about the video I watched with that chapter, when he's like, no, it stands for lysergic acid something something it's all scientific it, it just so happens to be an acronym for and that that's L A M, E L I Z A, the lamb eliza not the like elisa lamb as a name you know what a coincidence small world <laughs> A coincidence. Of yeah. course, astronomically, with 26 letters in the alphabet and all the words that could relate to fucking tuberculosis tests and they acronym named it Lamb Elisa. Right. <laughs> and yeah. the woman's name was Elisa Lamb. Are you kidding me? The fact that yeah. we're, we're, we're considering it was a sacrifice and like a lamb to the slaughter... And her name is Lamb?
1: I got chills, man.
2: No, that's why I'm saying that this is something... Okay, so there's a lot of power in names because names are not accidental. You know, the gematria, um, the symbolic number value of the code of the universe. Like I said, the matrix that the universe is built on can somehow be broken down to, like, the numbers and the alphabet and stuff like that, Bible code.
1: Or maybe you 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 just match the frequency. Mm
2: -hmm, Mm-hmm, You
1: know, if you match the frequency, then I think you'll be able to cross over to different dimensions, maybe.
2: Well, yeah, and and the fact that... um, Okay, so her Tumblr was posting for 10 months after the fact that she had died. That's really long. As if though the AI was refusing to quit, or maybe we were witnessing in that Tumblr account it being accessed, you know, as a portal in many ways, from a alternative dimension version of Elisa Lamb. Like, as if though, in that reality, she was still alive and posting as normal. And us stuck in this weirdly connected, but very separate and different reality, only saw the posts... Not the person posting it.
1: I mean, yeah. It definitely can be. I mean, especially...
2: Yeah, like, at this point, yeah. Um, Oh, man, like... Okay, so... Even suggesting the fact that... Elisa Lam may have been taken... By, like, things like extraterrestrials... And things like that. Posing (laughs) inside the hotel as humans...
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of scenarios. that a lot of things could be, you know, thought of and could be possibly true because no one knows.
2: Well, like I said, there's there's so much to kind of talk about that we could literally talk about it for hours. Now, the um, the quickly the aliens theory though comes into play when you think of things like the reptilian history of L.A. of Los Angeles. Oh yeah like have you ever heard being a los angeles native um that there was a reptilian city found underneath LA in the 30s i
1: never heard of that
2: mm mm-hmm. mhm that you can look up the LA chronicle is that the is that still the paper or i don't know if you it, it's the paper i i know LA for a times. fact there is a uh, yeah the LA times sorry the LA times that in the LA Times headlining in the 30s was the archaeological discovery of an ancient city underneath LA that was I shaped th- like a giant lizard.
3: Oh, wow.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, and that it was quickly kind of forgotten about, and it was only discovered, though, when they were trying to build the subway.
1: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just, you know...
2: The truth is stranger than fiction, so I wouldn't even put it past it. Nope. And, okay, so, one of the weirdest stories, that, and this is not directly related to Land, but it is related to elevators. And like I said, yeah. elevators are very mysterious. About the, ha- about the inner Earth, the ancient Earth, and these underground cities, right? And aliens are, even if you can call them aliens, because they're, they're on Earth. I'm not saying they came from a flying saucer, but I'm saying that they're not human. These right. non-human species, these shapeshifters, these uh, reptilians, re- reptoids, whatever you want to call them, right? The the beast with the many names. These yeah. predators, these vampires. Um, that Okay, so there's a story about a woman in Paris, France, who, <laughs> while about to go to the lobby of the apartment building that she lived in, she basically was unfortunate enough to experience a malfunction of the elevator that was supposed to take her to the lobby which she had used every day and instead of going to the lobby, lobby on New Year's Eve of all time so she's actually you know ready to go out for the night mm-hmm. she is taken down into the basement of the apartment building down yeah, lower sure. than she thought was possible down lower yeah. than what should be possible We're talking no longer on the surface of the fucking earth possible. She goes down and down and down. And this elevator keeps going down and eventually opens up well beneath the basement level. The final basement level of the building she's in officially. And on the other side of the door are beasts, monsters that are not human. Wow. She's abducted. Yeah, she's abducted. She's held hostage. She is, you know, sexually assaulted and basically kept a prisoner, right? Uh, And abused and treated as a slave until she is rescued by other monsters who she describes as dressed like policemen and they fight these monsters, rescuing her, and then return her to the surface.
1: Oh man, I'm really getting that movie from the 1980s. That one movie where like they have the glasses. Then
2: yes. They can... Yeah. That's that? Uh, that one too. Okay, so yeah, that film. Um, that's a that that film is called They Live.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. I just recently watched that.
2: But it yeah. shows that the world that we live in. Is actually kind of a a version of reality that only we see, but the but another version of reality is a world where these other intelligent species—they're not human, but they're on Earth. Like, they're not flying yeah. around spaceships; they're just walking they're... around like regular people.
1: Right? They're living with us simultaneous.
2: Exactly. Like they—they they, but they but they they prey on us. They own us. They don't have our good... They're not nice. They're not good. Like, they're... they're right. All that's, like, greedy and evil. Um right. But they live right next to us. Like, we live in the same city as they do. They they are basically um, mingling with us. And, um... The most of the world never knows about it. Only a very few people see the truth. Right?
1: Like, yeah. Some people, you know, are just blinded and choose to stay blinded. So, mm. you know...
2: I'll never see. Well, yeah, and, and like um, with this explanation of Elisa Lamb, what I'm what I was trying to get at is that they could have been these entities. These there could have been something like that operating in this hotel. That the it, that the entities may not be able to be filmed. That the staff of the hotel may even have. Been, yeah. These entities, because in the American Horror Story season Hotel that we've already used as an example for the how creepy the season Hotel is, right. there is a group of vampires that keeps the hotel basically in business that pays the bills.
1: Right. In That's fine. I remember that
2: the Lady Gaga character. Yeah. And she basically uses the nest where she lives in one of the rooms that's converted to be really posh and, like, you know, nice and opulent.
3: Yeah.
2: And the and the rest of the hotel is kind of a shithole. Yeah. But she doesn't care because she just uses it to, like, you know, feed.
1: Yeah.
2: And the fact that it's kind of like she it herself is, like, 100 years old, and she was going there when it was a nice place. Right, like you in know, the 20s. Yeah. And that's why I said this hotel was built like in the 20s. It was called the Figueroa. These entities could have been the ones that built the very hotel itself. Maybe. Yeah, these entities could have been the ones that kept it open for so long. This may not be the first time this happened. These entities, these reptilian entities, could have been using this hotel as a nest and using it to feed, thus explaining why... People like Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, the Serial Killer, lived there. The Satanists lived there. Why all these Satanists and drug addicts lived there? It, because they were being used to feed on. They were they were being eaten in some way or another by these reptilian entities, these shapeshifters, these vampires. Or in fact, they could have been used simply to like be pawns in this giant a cult game or like is this ritualistic game um the staff could be brainwashed or servants of them they could um uh, <clears throat> simply just be you know working for a paycheck yeah but the lights are paid for not by the guests but by these reptilians and that when Elisa Lamb became world famous of course the <clears throat> gig was up and they had to move yeah you know, I think that's I think that's ultimately the reason why the Cecil Hotel closed down recently is because the people who were paying for the lights, to, you know, paying for the bills, were these reptilians, were these entities, were these occultists that worship these beings, that worked with these beings, that committed these sacrifices and would like you know provide victims for them. And when that kind of was like Hey, we caught you Like the world caught you You know, it's undeniable That this shit was happening there
1: Yeah, they gotta pack up and go Yep
2: I also think that that movie Dark Water Was written By someone who liked that movie With the guy with the glasses The sunglasses Who could see the truth Maybe someone who had helped them before Maybe someone who had known That they did it Maybe someone who just saw it, like, in a dream. Yeah. But the fact is, he was accurate, because... We all know Hollywood is run by... Secret societies. By people who... See things, and work with people. Who do terrible things. Strange things. Like... We know Hollywood is a cult. We know Eyes Wide Shut parties happen. We know that stuff, right? That's what we love about it.
1: Yeah, Hollywood is mysterious. Like,
2: mysterious. Well, I'm saying, like, is it so hard to believe that the guy who wrote the feature film Dark Water didn't actually have some insider knowledge? Yeah. You know, like, you, you really stop and think about it. That was a major Hollywood film. From a major studio, I believe it was Lionsgate. Yeah,
1: that's a big studio.
2: No, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't like it was an amateur film. It wasn't a art house film. It wasn't like a six thousand dollar budget film. It was a million dollar or more production. You know, it was a Holly, It was a major Hollywood release. Like it, it opened in theaters. You know, like. That's. It may not have been the biggest film to come out that year. But the fact is, there's you know there there, there was a Hollywood connection to it. This is kind of like the magic of all of Los Angeles is that there's always this Hollywood connection to it. It kind of you know all roads lead back to Hollywood.
1: Yeah, like uh, Rosemary's Baby.
2: mm mm-hmm. Roman Polanski. Yeah. You know, uh, there's also, for example, uh, the Eyes Wide Shut film with Stanley Kubrick starring Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman talking about how there's orgies and occult rituals and stuff occurring within the elite. (laughs) Uh, That wasn't L.A., that was actually New York City. But the kind, yeah, the, the disclosure is clear that everywhere there are rich and famous people. You know, there's some, there's some occult secrets, there's some witchcraft going on. There's some yeah. hocus-pocus.
1: Definitely, it's, and it, it's all really what it really boils down is, you know, it's energy, and, you know, negative energy, accumulation of negative energy all together, you know.
2: I would really like someone to do an astrological reading on the dates, involved with the elisa lamb because i know there are some gematria videos done and um well i don't really hold or have a lot of patience for gematria itself i do have a lot of respect for astrology
1: yeah astrology i'm trying to
2: get into that too yeah i i would i i don't have the expertise to do it but i would really like if someone would do like say for example the astrological chart of elisa lamb and yeah, uh, on, you
1: see her zodiac, and like, and if that, yeah, that does play a huge part.
2: Yeah, and to see how that a factored into it, you know, exactly. Maybe, maybe that way we could see what dates all the <laughs> events fell upon, and maybe there's some huge connection between where the cosmos was kind of moving, and if there was any occult holiday or, or specific reason why there was a human sacrifice. Um, yeah because yeah, while a part of me thinks it was just an ordinary f- murder like not an ordinary murder, an ordinary sacrifice, like your run of the mill um, not extraordinary, you know, ritual sacrifice, like you know, a right. cult sacrifice, I do think this was more special. Like in my heart of hearts, I know this event was very special. Like yes, there's a lot of me that says people get murdered all the time. It doesn't mean anything. There's no significance to it, right? Like it's just a mystery.
3: Yeah. But
2: then there's a huge part of my heart that says, no, this is an incredibly important event. Like Definitely this- a
1: strange event, yeah.
2: This was done for some very significant occult astrological reason though I, I I feel like it's just outside my level of expertise and knowledge yeah and I think astrology is the key like I, if you could somehow see it from an astrological point of view it right would yeah probably help explain a lot of things but
1: definitely it's 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 like math it's it's mathematical.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Everything everything is mathematical. Everything is math.
2: But then there's also the angle that that it could have been no, like There's no real need to entertain that. Like it's just a random occurrence, a an occurrence where no one but herself was responsible. And at the same time. That sounds like the least likely, after having heard all the details and recounting all the details and done all the research, that the most realistic, like the most, you know, low the, the easiest to, to kind of explain away is that she did it herself. You know, like she had this ma- episode and then she suffered from schizophrenia or something and had a breakdown and then committed accidental suicide when you actually stack up all the facts, that sounds so unlikely. You know, I think that, that we'll never really be able to solve it. I really don't think that we're going to be able to solve it at all. Like, like not one person or or investigator or team is going to be able to define, like, what really happened there. And now that the Cecil Hotel is closed, I don't think this mystery will ever... It won't be talked about, really, as time goes on, because I think everyone's already said everything they can about it. But I don't think it'll ever be solved, because... You know, it'll it'll just be kind of like a mystery forever.
1: I I agree, I have to say that I agree.
2: Um not talked about in the last two hours. Um anything that you noticed in your research or noticed in the the, the atmosphere around the Cecil Hotel, having visited it yourself? Yeah, I
1: just The, just, you know, the, the, the area is kind of going downhill because all the homeless, you know, Mm -hmm. is there. And so, you know, that atmosphere is so vibrational. And then, you know, just like knowing all the different people who stayed there, like the, you know, like the serial killers and all the stories. About the hotel, like I said, I was like eating with some tacos, you know, parked in the parking lot there because I had like free parking. I think parking was like $10. And like we parked there and, um, walked down to get something to eat and walked back. And I didn't know that I was like at the Cecil hotel. And I just felt something like looking at me or I just felt, you know, like you can just feel like someone's like looking at you. I, I sensed that from the window of that hotel.
2: Well, you know, I would actually like to um, go there and ghost hunt. I think, I know, if we can't break in, going up there and just kind of walking around it, or at least monitoring it and videoing it, that would be really neat. Like, as an actual, like, um, spiritualist and paranormal investigator, um, it's definitely on a bucket list as one of the places that I would have loved, you know, to really kind of investigate but there is a number of um uh, number of people's uh experiences which line up to what you described as being watched, as being like you're feeling a presence. You feeling like you weren't alone.
3: Yeah.
2: Um I know and I, I guess they've kind of we've said a good amount on this subject. Um I, I I know we've missed some things, but I think we hit m- the majority of all the points that we wanted to make uh, for this episode. You know, I'm very proud of it. I think it's it's been great. Um, you know, you know, subject matter to speak about as well as um, you know a great subject uh, in many different regards. There's many different aspects of it, and angles of it. And it's, it's so great of a subject because it's so open ended. You know, and, and you know, I, I hope that for the listeners, um, remember that we approach the subject with a lot of respect, that yeah. our thoughts do go out to Elisa Lamb's family. Yes. That we do respect the sanctity of her life and her legacy. And we wish for her to be remembered for who she was as a living soul and not the infamy of her passing. That this broadcast and this episode was done to try to shed more light and to expose the unexplained circumstances which need to be explained, which should be explained. Not yeah. to yeah sensationalize or to glorify or to exploit
3: yeah
2: yeah the suffering, but to really say that while the subject went viral while the subject blew up, people kind of got lost for the sensation over the realities that this was an unsolved mystery, and we should have all as investigators at the time you know, not accepted the public cover-up, not accepted the the skeptics and the people who blame this issue on mental illness, the yeah. people who want to blame this issue on on suicide, which none of the evidence suggests, which none of the rational uh, events suggest, and in fact, we owe Elisa Lam the, the dignity, the respect that she deserves, because it wasn't her fault. Yeah. That's where the injustice that I always felt reading about this case suggests, that people were willing to write it off as accidental misadventure without coming forward and saying that it was intentional suicide. But that does nothing to deliver justice to Elisa Lamb. That has nothing to do to deliver justice for her family. Yeah. I believe the Cecil Hotel should have been held responsible. I believe that the L.A. Department of Homicide and and the police department should be held responsible for their lazy, uh, dismissive investigations of a tourist, of a missing and, and, you know, ultimately found, demised tourist to their city, based on mental illness allegations. And yes, I understand that there's circumstantial realities that they can't investigate everyone and that, you know, it's a huge city. But the yeah. fact that their coroner, um, you know, didn't want to investigate further, the fact that their police department didn't investigate you know, fully, that the body was discovered by guests and tenants of the hotel itself. You know, that the while they were doing their missing in person investigation, she was in the building, basically. Right above them, in that watershed. They didn't even do a full search of the premises. This suggests a highly suspicious... Like they
1: connected
2: like it was Exactly Exactly. There's a highly suspicious amount of instances and circumstances directly surrounding how people handle this case and how people have treated this case since the events of this case have gone public. Um and it's not a good look. It does not shine good on the authorities. It does not shine good on the mainstream media. And it actually provides more legitimacy for the amateur sleuth, the investigator, who's willing to open up their mind and, and entertain the possibilities of solutions which are beyond... The, you know, the mainstream, beyond the accepted versions of reality. Uh, Because what's very obvious is that whatever happened to Elisa Lam is not everyday reality. No,
1: yeah, it's definitely not.
2: No, and I think that's kind of like at least the lasting reputation and at least the lasting um, impact of this case is that regardless of if, if you are skeptical or not, you have to admit this case was bizarre. This case was unexplained. Like, regardless if you're willing to entertain explanations or not, you know, like certain explanations over others, whether right. you prefer what your bias is. It's
1: unexplainable.
2: This is an unexplained mystery. That word alone that the Elisa Lamb mystery... You know, at least, at least millions of people have seen it. At least millions of people are, are aware of it. You yeah. You know, like, if we can't bring real justice... and find and specifically answer the question of what happened to her... At the least, least the millions people are, of people yeah. can see that something did happen to her. Right.
3: That's true.
2: I hope for justice. I hope that one day in the future... I can, I can, you know, see that they have solved the case, you know, to to hear it, and not just a someone trying to cover it up, not just another cover story. Um,
1: yeah.
2: And and one day I believe we will. One day I believe that. I, I think so. I
1: think so. Hopefully,
2: you know. Like I said, I, I don't think we'll ever really fully un- understand it as a society. I think
1: uh, something is best some things are gonna
2: like be mystery well I think personally I will I will come to the terms with I think personally it'll sync up within my with my field of uh, knowledge because like of all the research I'm doing and with all the kind of like um, progress I'm making on things because like but I don't think that exactly society is going to ever accept the reality of the case but I, I hope that and I do sincerely think that I will reach a point where something in my research will answer the question of what happened in this situation. You know, like the same, like, I'll I'll find, like, a unified, field theory of of the supernatural.
1: Yeah, I will be able
2: to see a little insight into it. I'm hoping, fingers crossed.
1: I believe, I believe that we're on the road to that.
2: It has something to do with astrology. I, I'm, I'm certain of it, that this is somehow connected to astrology. Because um,
1: everything is, like...
2: Mm-hmm. Everything you know, is. You know,
1: with numbers. Everything's numbers.
2: Everything's in the stars. I, I guess, like, if everyone's life and fate is is found on the stars they're born on, right? And that has proven true time and time again. In fact, has become a- eerily accurate you know the more you got to respect accurate astrological readings sidereal charts and things like that you know like it's it's kind of like everything does have a destiny right yeah and you can see that from the instant someone's born to when when situations occur you know like you can say for example on the date and time of Elisa Lamb's disappearance the astrological map that was above us all, you know, would is, is going to be like the, the smoking gun. And that's gonna be like the 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 answer to all of it. Like the key to the gate. That's gonna be the solution to the riddle. That's gonna solve the puzzle.
1: Listen, yeah.
2: Yep. Well, Like I said, this has been a great conversation and everything. I guess this is a good point to kind of disembark and uh, uh, kind of uh, bid farewell and to draw conclusions. Um, Tara Ponder, you have been an excellent guest. Would you like to kind of uh, reintroduce yourself for this kind of outro? I've never really been able to figure out the word for it. I need to Google it what is, like, there's an introduction and the conclusion. Yeah. Conclusion, that's the word, conclusion. Um, so, if you'd like to give a conclusion about uh, yourself, any projects you're working on, any future projects, your YouTube channel, for example, social media links, you know, feel free, and, um, you know, you have the floor.
1: Thanks. Um, I am an, you know, up-and-coming Entertainer, actress, comedian. Uh, aim is for voice acting. Um, for cartoons or any animated series. Um, so yeah, right now I'm just I prefer to like keep my I'm trying to like just focus on self care right now. So that's kind of where I'm at right now, and trying to like master my craft.
2: No problem. Um, what is the, the name of your YouTube channel again?
1: Um, That's actually disabled at the moment. Really? It's not physically. It's not actually disabled yet, but I, it's kind of under you know, construction.
2: Oh, right you're now. reconstructing it. I was, gonna say, I was just on it a couple of days ago.
1: Oh, it's still there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess you can access an archive of it, to be honest, but I guess you put it on hiatus. Yeah, actually, I just
1: haven't made the... Yeah, I haven't actually took it off all the way, but, like, I haven't just put anything recently up
2: there, so... I got it. You probably got your privacy settings all set up, so I I get it. You can't search it, but because I've already subscribed to it, I can kind of get back on it. But I get it. I get it. I'm cool with it. Okay, so... um, Instagram? uh, Would you like to, I guess, tell everyone where you can be found? Yeah. So,
1: my Instagram is Love L.A. underscore moon underscore child. And, you know, I'm a kernel of energy learning this life, you know. And I'm learning a lot of different things, and I'm trying to, like, help people along the way.
3: Mm-hmm. Definitely. So come to my
1: page and, you know see positive things, you know, see a human
2: being a human, you know, just living life I mean, that's definitely all right by me, nothing wrong with that so um, exactly, thank you very much for spending this time with me, for uh, taking this ride and helping me out with this uh, subject matter, because you provided the expertise in your own experience with the hotel and, you know, I think it's a really cool subject I'm, yeah, I'm always, yeah, talking, yeah, I'm open to, to talk. talking. Yeah, I'm to about Los Angeles some more. If you wanted to come back, you're always invited to.
1: Sure, definitely.
2: Maybe we can talk about that reptilian city. Which, yeah, I'm gonna
1: look up on. I'm gonna just do yeah, some I'll research.
2: Yeah, I'll send you the links. It definitely. I mean, I suggest looking into it because it is freaky, especially if you live in LA, because then you can yep. see where it's because it's physically, you know like mapped and everything where it is
1: yeah i'm definitely interested
2: in that right, i'll send you the links and yeah it's definitely it was in the la times it was front line front page headline news when it happened
1: when things are a little too you know out there people kind of like kind of fade away and I'm like oh it can't be that
2: it can't be real people forget that the the memory hole is very real and, like, L.A. has a lot of weird things happen to it that I would like to talk about. Like, um, the the L.A. rockets that fly over that people kind of gotten used to. But when it happened the first time, it was huge news. Okay.
3: Uh,
2: uh, you know, things like the, the L.A. earthquakes. The Battle of L.A. that there was a UFO that was shot at by the the people in World War Two that were defending L.A. Um, things like the, the mystery airship incident, where a U.S. Navy blimp, um, its crew disappeared over, over L.A. Wow. Yeah, like, they just weird things. L.A. has a lot of, like, and then you get your celebrity, um, situations, your different kind of conspiracies about your events that occurred there, or your, your scenes, such as, like, the Cannibal Club.
3: No, I didn't, know, I
2: didn't know that about oh, well, that. I guess since you look some links like, no, there's an actual restaurant called the Cannibal Club.
1: Very short sure, for cannibals.
2: Well, I think it's just the aesthetic in the name, but it is a restaurant that caters to the elite and to celebrities, and oh. um, it's more of like an adventurous eater club where they serve like you know unorthodox meats and things, which doesn't do them any favors. <laughs> which doesn't do oh. them any favors. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, like the idea of, like, there's there's definitely a supernatural, occult capital of America, and it's Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely Lifty and attractive, and, you know, it just draws people. And it's really
2: creepy. It's really
1: creepy. It really is.
2: Well, like there's also like the uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the David Lynch movie Mulholland Drive. Probably
1: yeah, it sounds familiar.
2: And that's that's an old and a love story to L.A. and it's considered David Lynch's like weirdest movie, um, outside of Eraserhead. You know, like you like, like you have like a lot of like a lot of. Los Angeles Exposes That are centered On how strange And surreal Los Angeles Truly is
1: Yeah How Yeah oh, Los Angeles
2: Is like Pretty strange Just... mm-hmm. Yeah I'm gonna check out Those links Definitely Cause Well yeah And And You know I hope uh, Hope uh, You come back you, you accept the invitation Come back real soon And we can, um, talk further about the strange and occult city of Los Angeles, you know, and that'll be part of part of the series, um, focusing on major cities in America or major areas in America that are just unique but at the same time share that, that supernatural vibe of spirits and, uh, the occult and, you know, extraterrestrial cryptids You know, like, all the kinds of mysteries. Um, you know, not only in America, but around the globe.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Los Angeles.
2: He's a Los Angeles has enough for everyone, basically. It has something for everyone.
1: Right, yeah. Like, the, um, Winchester House is something also Oh, Winchester House is cool. Yeah.
2: Another Ghost Adventures episode. They've been there, I think, three times.
1: And it's always something, some activity, huh?
2: Well, I bet. Like, yep, because it's the because it's the house specifically designed with ghosts in mind, with phantoms in mind.
1: Right, like all those like trap doors and stuff, and mm-hmm.
2: like
1: doors to nowhere.
2: Exactly. See, that's the kind of element that Los Angeles attracts There are people that are open with spiritual and occult realities, and yeah. so they built the city with that in mind.
1: Yeah, I think the, the Dolby Theater, like the art. hmm. The art has like some like a Nucky drawing, an Anaki, I don't know if I'm saying it right,
2: but. Well, everything yeah, you can from it like, that. Like,
1: like.
2: Yeah, everything from like the Los Angeles Art Museum to, um, you know, Beverly Hills.
1: Can we edit that out?
2: Was that? I'm
1: um, edit that out,
2: I, don't know. I think no, Anunnaki. Okay, yeah. I will love a little little flag here for the yeah flag added. Okay, I'll go back and try to trim that out. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm saying like everywhere from the Los Angeles Art Museum to like Beverly Hills has, I think, been designed, you know, from the start to kind of be very. Very uh, conductive to occult, you know, activity.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, thank you very much. Exactly, I had a great time speaking with you. Um, I'll be publishing Good. this video or this this audio on uh, podcasts, so you'll be listening to this. However, people at home are or in Dreamland are through Spotify, Anchor, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all the podcasts basically, and all the networks. It goes out to I think 15 different networks that I'm aware of, and I've found it on a few. Every time I searched, I find it on more and more. So it has this, uh, you know, um, huge accessibility to the podcast. It's also going to be posted as a preview onto YouTube, and um, Library and Odyssey will mirror that as well. And for everyone at home in Dreamland, Namaste and Shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all for tuning in. If you haven't already followed my Instagram account, you can at at Rumors of Instinct. If you haven't already followed my Twitter account, you can at Rumors Instinct. Check me out on Facebook. As, But I prefer, if you guys haven't already, to definitely go down to YouTube. Check out the YouTube channel, the Rumors of Instinct podcast YouTube channel. Subscribe. Uh... Hit, you know, the playlist to check out my portfolio of videos, my archive and library of videos. Uh, Leave a comment. It's the easiest way to reach me. You know, I moderate those comments and answer and reply to any questions or, um, you know, what have you. Basically, though, I appreciate you guys for supporting me and, um, you know, always will. So thank you very much. You guys are the wind beneath my wings. So thank you. Namaste. Shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Thanks for, ha-
1: thanks for having me, too.
2: You're very welcome. You're very welcome, and you're always invited back. So thank you very much. Tara Ponder, everybody. Um, I'm the Rumors of Instinct. God bless you guys, and good night.
0: As an old deserted mansion on an old forgotten road where the better ghosts and goblins always hang out. One night they threw a party in a manner a la mode and they cordially invited all the gang out at a dark beaching hour know, when the fun was loud and haunting. A notorious wildflower became the life of the party. The spooks were having their midnight fling. Mary and Megan was in full swing. They shrieked themselves into a cheerful trance. When the skeleton in the closet started to dance. Shout rang out from a big man she Our basement was in every ghostly glance. Wind When the skeleton in the closet started to dance Now all the witches were in stitches While his steps made rhythm like dance And they nearly dropped their broomsticks When he tried to do the bumps. You never heard such an earthly laughter or such hilarious groan With